<clears throat> All right, guys, we are back <laughs> and uh, we are going to be talking denominations. Are denominations biblical? How do we effectively cross denominational lines for the sake of the gospel? Before we get into it, let's first define what we're talking about, what we mean by denominations. We're not talking about non-Christian cults. So when we say denominations, we're not talking about Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness or anything like that. We're talking about Protestant denominations. Um, you know, they came out of the Protestant Reformation, things like Baptist, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Methodist, those type of denominations. And so that's where our discussion is going to uh, center around today. So denominations, are they biblical? What do you guys think? <laughs> I thought you were going to say denominations. Huh, what are they good for? <laughs> what are they good for? <laughs> Absolutely, something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, wh what's he called? Right, John the Methodist, <laughs> Southern Baptist. <laughs> so right, the question yeah. is: Are they are good? They biblical? Or are they biblical? Or what? Hmm. Uh I mean. One might say that religious differs. I mean, it, there are different religious groups in scripture, right? Like in the Old Testament times, there were different roles within Judaism, like the scribes and uh, rabbis and the Levites, like there were different roles, prophets. But then the Pharisees actually traced their lineage to when Ezra and Nehemiah reclaimed the city of Jerusalem. Um, and at that point, Israel writes down the oral Torah, which they believe that Moses receives on Mount Sinai and all these weird traditions. And then their ancient counterparts, um, the Korahites, which were known as the Sadducees during Jesus day. So, I mean, people were kind of compartmentalizing themselves on beliefs before the new Testament. And then after the new Testament, I mean, quickly there's, you know, there's the church in Jerusalem, there's a church in Rome. There are churches who do have somewhat conflicting views on things. Then you also have interactions like some say, I follow Paul, some say Apollos, some say Jesus. And for me, every time I read that passage, one of these things <laughs> is not like the other. <laughs> like, those are dudes. He's Jesus. <laughs> but I don't So, And they're biblical in the sense that it, it shows up even in the first right. century. I wouldn't say like, you know, just, just looking at denominations is how, you know, how they exist in our current, you know, culture and world today. I wouldn't necessarily say that they're inherently not biblical, but sometimes we can let the divides they create among us. That is unbiblical. Um, Cause I think there's a lot of things that, you know, denominations will split and they'll argue about and things that we don't agree on that are largely inconsequential in the grand scheme of all of it all. Um, and uh, I think it's when we let those things divide us to a point that we are hindering ourselves for kingdom work. I think that's that's definitely a point where it can become unbiblical. Yeah, and, and when we use that word, you know, are they biblical? Um, you know, part of part of the answer is, you know, uh, short answer is no, in that they're they're not necessarily encouraged. You know, Jesus isn't going around saying. Um, hey, you should worship in separate denominational contexts. In fact, Jesus is all about unity. 
mm-hmm. uh, unity of the body, um, having a like mind. Um, but obviously, as Grant was, was sharing earlier, you know, you do see that sort of playing out, even though it, maybe it's not called denominations, but different groups of people uh, trying to do uh, what they believe uh, they're called to do by God um, together. Um, but also at the same time, having debate hindrances. Paul talks about unity uh, in scripture when that, when there's discord within the different churches. So we, you know, I think it's safe to say they're not necessarily encouraged, but they happen. And I think it's also safe to say that not everything about denominations is, you know, essentially bad, that there's a lot of great things that comes from denominations, but that our goal above all, above the denominational line, is that we are striving to live according to God's word, to honor him with the way we do his kingdom work and share the gospel. And we do that, um, you know, humbly united with the church, with the church of Christ. Um, But yet we reside in this, uh, especially in this culture, this denominational context, as you were talking about, Ryan, and uh, that can be a challenge. What kind of challenges do you guys face or see as you think about denominations? It's proving that ours is better. I mean, really. (laughs) Jesus juke. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I... I think, uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, Well, so I just like think, I think back to like, you know, I grew up in a very traditional Southern Baptist church and I look back on the attitudes. A lot of people in that I was growing up around had towards other denominations, you know, Bill, they would, it would almost become derogatory to call someone by another denomination, but Oh, like, you know, they would they would be like oh you can't trust that that person says they're a Methodist or something like that like you know and just just kind of the most ridiculous things like that you know that like it was more of a, a cultural divide than it was like over anything you know scriptural but they would let that come between them to where you know instead of you know wanting to build up your fellow man you're looking at somebody who is themselves uh, your your brother or sister in Christ and looking down upon them because they're not the same denomination as you and like you have something figured out that they don't I think that was always like one of the the things just culturally that, that I grew up around that always turned me off when people would talk about denominations because it always just seemed like such a such a sticking point that I don't know. It just, it was, it was never helpful. And people, you know, it it was very unchristian like in my opinion to see the way people would split themselves along the, all along the lines of it. Yeah. Seeing some of the pride and arrogance Mm, uh, that that comes from that. Uh Oh, we have a surprise guest. And and we can't hear him. (laughs) Bag of wolves. (laughs) <laughs> just wanted to make him smile. Maybe he'll pop up here in just a second. Okay. Oh, right all right. right he'll come back. <laughs> so, Grant, do you have any thoughts um, on that? 
Yeah, it's kind of weird. I was raised Presbyterian and non-denominational. Like, we kind of hopped around a lot. And then in seminary, I went to a Southern Baptist seminary. Josh is maybe back. We still can't hear you. No, we can't hear you. <laughs> you can read your lips. But this is kind of fun. <laughs> somebody left a fun. turd on the bathroom floor. Oh. <laughs> I was like, we, we can play a sound. <laughs> I, heard, I heard Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think one, I mean, let's, let's be real. The biggest challenge we have right now about denominations is the big study about sexual allegations that came out in the Southern yep. Baptist Convention. Now, the fascinating thing is if you take a, the same number of churches that was studied in the SBC world and do the same thing with non-denominations or uh, just any other large church, it'll probably be similar statistics, unfortunately. That's terrible, and those actions are shameful, and they should never happen. But that's a huge stigma. Let's see if Josh is back. There we go. Yes! <laughs> so so uh, what are you guys doing here? Yeah, we're just hanging out with you. I didn't know you guys were doing a podcast. I came for the food, and <laughs> no. I'm really disappointed. You guys just didn't invite me to this one? We didn't. Yep. Oh, man. Well, that's all right. <laughs> Jesus juke. We're starting our side <laughs> podcast over here. <laughs> uh, is this the one that everybody actually listens to? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we're actually fresh in the uh, conversation on denominations, and... Uh, we're just talking a little bit about um, our personal experiences with how they've impacted or even hindered uh, our ministry a little bit. All I got to say is Baptist born, Baptist bred, and when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> is Baptist bread? Is That's that the same thing. Grant at the grocery store? Yeah, they do. It's it's a Hawaiian bread. <laughs> nice. What's what's your all time favorite um, potluck di- Baptist potluck dish, Josh? Mac and cheese. Ooh, that was number five but, on the list. But not not like out of the box. But somebody's grandma making it with Velveeta, you know, cheese the the block cheese. It's not real cheese. And bacon. Sorry, that was me. I didn't mean to hit that. Oh, we didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Oh, it's on preview. <laughs> well, uh, it was. It was this. I fart in your general direction. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are in the middle of a serious topic on uh, well, talking denominations. About, we're right in the middle of the serious part. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't stay on long. I just we're in the middle of moving, and uh, I thought, you know what. I need to see the dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're glad you jumped on. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. We needed to see you. Come in and take a quick dude facts. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like warming up at 2 a.m. with a sweaty <laughs> hunk. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter's right here listening to all this, so she's getting an education. Well, do you listen to the dude facts? I got it. <laughs> I smoked everyone just by plopping it out on the table, and I ate it like a sandwich. That's awesome. All right. All the good ones. Hey, I just want to say hi. I love you guys. I will. I'll listen to this on Monday and be like a normal listener that has no idea what's going on and probably check yeah. out at about 11 minutes in. Just don't listen about halfway through because we might have to edit something out. Hmm. 
No, we're not editing that out. Now I'm intrigued. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm out. See you guys. All right. Later. See ya. Oh, man. So there's no great transition, uh, but I'll just get right into scripture. How about that? Um, you know, when, when I think about denominations, um, you know, obviously the the idea of unity comes to mind. And uh, John 17, 21 and 22 uh, where Jesus says, and those who will be his followers, he says that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them that they may be one, even as we are one. And the problem with denominations is that historically they've occurred out of conflict, division, separation. There's a lot of pride, um, as we've already talked about. And in some cases it's, it's about arguing, um, things that, that ultimately aren't important. Uh, David Platt, uh, just wrote this new book called don't hold back and I've got it on order, but I was able to read an excerpt from it. And, uh, in it, he uses this illustration of buckets and uh, he talks about um, all beliefs being buckets. And the first bucket should be the most non-negotiable thing when it comes to our faith. And that is that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is our salvation. It's only found in him. And it's because of his work on the cross and the resurrection. That, that's, that, that's number one. That is the most important. But the second bucket, um, you know, may have important things in it as well. Um, you know, maybe for us Baptists, we might put our belief in baptism on there. Uh, the problem is, is as we get to those third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, 43rd buckets of importance, a lot of times we allow those to sort of pop to the forefront and be a dividing factor for us and the church. And, uh, you know, th that could be anything from eschatological beliefs to beliefs on worship styles to what you wear in the sanctuary to the color of carpet Is all those things we, we we allow those things to divide us now some of those things again aren't bad things but um we often lose sight of what is most important and i think that goes against what jesus taught his entire ministry Yeah. Yeah, that's breeding off this idea of, of first issues and secondary issues. I mean, that same thing was written about probably a generation before he wrote about it. But even before that, there's a Greek term, uh, hatless adiaphora, which means non-essentials. Uh, they should be non-essential, and people make them essential. So, so goofy. And I think... I think their contexts are so different. Like it still happens out here, but in the South, you know, people look for churches. One of the, if they're believers, they look for a denomination. Like where are the, this type of church in this town? Uh, and I don't know if that's groupthink or upbringing or whatever, but here in the Northwest, it's like actually super off-putting the church merger and the church plant, like the church plant I pastored didn't have Baptist in our name. We participate in Southern Baptist things. We are a Southern Baptist church, but it's just not in our name because we want to win people to Christ, not our denomination. And we just want to draw that that line. Um, but we merged with a church where Baptist was in the name. 
And uh, that was a huge debate of during the merger, are we going to have Baptist in our name? Uh, we are still SBC. And I have this great picture of the worship leader that I inherited that was on that church staff when we merged of her peeling off the Baptist <laughs> off the church van. I want to make sure I had proof that it wasn't me. <laughs> this young guy was not leading them away from their Baptist traditions. But yeah, it's, it's just so needless. I mean, like to, to have to win people over the barrier of what Baptist means to us, not what it means to the, um, what's that Baptist church in Texas. That's like all about hate and uh, protests. I don't know. Westboro, uh, West, Westboro. I'm not sure where, I don't know if it's, yeah. Right. Like how are we different Baptists than mm-hmm. they are? The non-believer we're not. So is Baptist actually helping us share the gospel or hurting us to share the gospel in our context? It actually hurts us to share the gospel. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it can be confusing because it, it shows lack of unity in general. But on top of that, it's just often they're not clear. Um, and they don't help actually sharing the gospel with those who have not yet heard the gospel to whom it would be good news. Right. It doesn't yeah, it's, help. it's interesting because I get, I get this question a lot in the Army when people, they see the cross on my uniform and they're like, well, what religion are you? And most of the time I... I I think they know that I'm Christian, but they're asking what denomination am I? You know, I tell them I'm Southern Baptist. And then it's funny, the response, because people are all over the spectrum because Baptists are all over the spectrum, Mm -hmm. even other denominations, um, you know, Episcopalian, uh, Methodist, you see these varying degrees of uh, these denominations. And um, I, I think you're right, Grant. I mean, if we sort of pigeonhole our, our, ourselves with that label, then, you know, I, I think that can be a hindrance to the gospel sometime. There's been soldiers that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be, that there's some things that I don't like are going on in the Southern Baptist Convention right now, just being honest. And, and I've had to wrestle with that and pray through that, absolutely. Yeah. But at the end of the day, our fundamental beliefs yeah, that's why I'm still a Southern Baptist because, um, you know, I, I, uh, am, you know, on board, but, um, I also don't think that that is the most important thing. It, it is Jesus. And so when a soldier comes to me and, you know, they have a bad taste in their mouth about Baptists, um, my focus, you know, my focus one is never going to be Baptist first. It's always going to be Jesus first, but Jesus juke. Yeah, that's right. Bam. But it's going to be, <laughs> hey, um, you know, I you you may have a legitimate bad experience with um, this denomination. Um, I'm not here to convert you to this denomination. I just want you to know truth. And uh, that's where we're going to go. And uh, it's not about me defending or trying to disarm them or anything like that. It's just about taking them to what that first bucket, what's most important. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's helpful, Jeff. Uh, every time I saw a soldier or a, a sailor with the, the cross on them, I just thought that that soldier or sailor was brought to you by the letter T. <laughs> Lowercase letter T. Well, technically I am because I'm also tilled. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's it's such like for for uh, us to you know there there's so many divisions you know both within you know denominations and denominations themselves that are based upon these really kind of tedious things a lot of times that it, it's such a a human response to to have to something it's like oh 
I have this disagreement with you on this. It's like, well, I'm going to go off and start my own thing over here. Uh, rather than, hey, let's uh, let's see how we can come to a common understanding. You know, it's, it's such like the knee-jerk, you know, reaction, selfishness, you know, that, that humans are so often guilty of. And that, and that sort of brings us to where, um, you know, I, th I think it'd be important for us to talk about, Ryan, is, you know, how do we effectively cross those denominational lines for the sake of the gospel? Have you guys had any experiences where it's been real positive uh, working with others and uh, other denominations where you feel like it's been effective, positive, helpful? Dude, the first time I ever had any alcohol of any kind was at an Anglican church during communion. It was epic. They're, those guys are great. <laughs> Thanks, Angies. <laughs> I've, you know, I've worked with you uh, know, people from you know Methodist denominations. I've worked with uh, people from you know Episcopalians, things like that. And I've I've met and talked to some of the most genuine, you know, kind-hearted, Christ-centered people that I've met in my life in that are part of those denominations, and. The way I've always kind of approached it, it was when we talk, when I talk to people about denominational differences and like, you know, their beliefs versus what I've grown up believing or what I, you know, something that I hold, I always approach it from a like, hey, let's just talk about our differences. Let's not argue about them. Let's see, you know, what do you think? What do I think? Is there any commonality in between those two things that we can, you know, come to an agreement upon, you know, but in the end, you know, understand that this this does not really matter in the end as long as our goal is Christ. And I think that's been my my way of bridging those denominational divides and and really I think a lot of you know fruitful things have come from that in, in my own personal life. Hmm. Yeah I the the two places where I've seen it done um I think most effectively and been encouraged by is one in my profession now as an army chaplain. Um, I think there are a lot of chaplains who do this well uh, in the army. Obviously it's a pluralistic environment. It's the government. Um, now I'm, uh, you know, a, a Christian Christ following chaplain and I only do things that um, adhere to my convictions and what I believe uh, about Jesus Christ uh, so I, I just want to clear that up because there's a lot of people that have that misconception and think that I have to go out and like perform a, a Catholic mass or something. No, I don't do that because I'm, I'm not Catholic. Um, you know, I, I, I preach uh, Jesus. I preach as a, a typical Baptist would. But we're in, we operate in a pluralistic environment, which is interesting. And uh, if anything, I've learned a lot, but I've also had my eyes open to many men and women who genuinely love Jesus and they want people to know him, but they're of different denominations than I am. Um, and it's, 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 it's forced me to play nice, which has been good. But what I've learned is most of the time, those other things that we let get in the way um, are often a small shade of importance. And the gospel is what is ultimately important. And the other place that I remember seeing that real well was actually in Midlothian. Um, when I was in Texas, the churches there gathered of all denominations. And I think I may have mentioned it on here before, had a monthly meeting and 
um, many different leaders of different denominations that just simply loved people and wanted to see people come to know Jesus. And uh, the cooperation there was fantastic. Uh, we were able to do some neat events together. Mm. And I think that can happen if, um, again, we're keeping the gospel priority. And uh, I think that's the key in all this. Yeah. I mean, in, in, you know, in Midlothian, when I was a high school student, there, one of my, you know, best experiences from that time was when we, all the churches around town got together and we planned a big, you know, kind of, it was like back to school bash, I think is what it was at the, at, oh, yeah. uh, the local park that was uh, real big in the downtown area. And, you know, we, we set it up and I played in the band with a bunch of other people and just like that experience alone of like me working with all these other musicians from other denominations, and other churches, and us kind of coming together and working together towards a common goal that in that experience was invaluable to me and just my perception of other, you know, working with other Christians and, you know, it, it was not only good for me going forward in life, but it was just a blessing to me. It was, it was a great experience to have. And I think we could as a whole have more experiences like that if we would kind of, you know, Put down our barriers a little bit absolutely so obviously we know the good that that can come from it and i think we've all had experiences with that but um so what what does happen when a denominational leader um uh, of a different denomination uh does something um that we might deem as heretical um you know how how, how do we react at that time and have you ever had that experience? Putting you guys on the spot. <laughs> yeah, we have a, no, we, there's several of the kind of Westboro inclined people um, in this town mm -hmm. who have Baptists in their name. <laughs> and that's ultimately one of the reasons why we left it out of our name uh, during our merging, mer church merger naming process um, to just allow some distance um, cause this group was quite literally knocking on doors and no joke. If you didn't, if women didn't wear skirts to the floor and, uh, if you were, if you were a believer, but you weren't reading the King James version, which always, we always push back, well, 1611 or what, what are you talking about? Um, like they believed you were not saved and, uh, yeah, they just go around spewing a lot of hate and they had a, a Bible study for a while, like on the opposite side of the block of where our church was meeting. And so yeah, it was hard to, we didn't want to even fight that battle of, well, let's just be Baptist, but prove what we mean when we say Baptist. Like, it doesn't matter. Let's not put it on the sign. Let, let us be known by our love. Uh, the world will know that we are Jesus' disciples by our love. Um, so I don't know. I mean, we had, it, it hasn't really affected us to my knowledge, um, other than they do soul winning way more. They call their activity knocking on doors soul winning. And they look for confrontations. That's where they pat themselves on the back and say, Hey, we're stirring up trouble. God must love us right now. Um, so that, I mean, that kind of affects some of the outreach and sharing of the gospel that we do in our neighborhood. But for us, it's, it's less of we're better than them or we're different than them, or we believe in the true God and they don't. It's we're trying to win them to Jesus, not us. Um, so to try to just live like Jesus as much as we can and tell them about how awesome he is and not how great we are or how bad they are. Just point people to Jesus is kind of how we try. But Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I, I've had 
a couple of experiences with this, but it's usually those, I think sort of like the ones you're talking about, Grant, that are, um, I don't know, maybe abrasive is, is a good word. Um, you know, maybe it, putting some of their energy and passion into, into some of the wrong things um, to purposely be offensive. I, I remember when I was a seminary student, uh, seeing some Christians, folks that called themselves Christians, protesting um, at a, a baseball game. And uh, I, I, I thought the way that they were doing it and the language they were using on their signs was awful. And I, I went up to him and I said, do you really think that this is the most effective use of your time for the kingdom? And of course, I was just a young, cocky seminary student at the time. Um, I probably was a little prideful and abrasive myself in my communication with them. But man, they, they just got so angry back at me. And it, and it almost like sort of proved my, my point, if you will. It was like, you know, clearly there, there's no love of Jesus here. Mm. You're, you're here because you're angry about something. And then when I was at West Point as a chaplain, um, again, you have to work in this, I'll, I'll call it a non-denominational environment as a Protestant, but um, a group of us chaplains got together and we wanted to do sort of, we didn't call it revival, but sort of awakening type service, just worship and, and Bible study. And uh, I was able to link in with the pastor Actually, not the pastor, um, but one of the pastors on staff at Hillsong in New York. Now, I, I don't completely see eye to eye with everything that comes out of Hillsong. But, you know, in talking with the guy, having lunch with him, you know, he just wanted to come, encourage cadets and preach Jesus. And I'm all about that. And so we had, um, you know, a, a worship team from Hillsong come in. And uh, we pitched it to the cadets, hey, come in and, uh, you know, let's worship together and, uh, you know, he, you know, hear, hear a good message. And it, it was a fantastic night. We had like six or seven hundred cadets there. Um, you know, a lot of cadets just, you know, on fire, um, you know, following up with with a lot who, who were really um, asking good questions and um Pursuing did you the call faith. the fire department? Uh, we, well, we almost had to because they did have a fog machine, and that uh, <laughs> you know, in the in the auditorium, <laughs> it was smoking. But um, while we were doing that, I later found out that there was a, a small group of cadets in another auditorium, um, like a couple hundred feet away, that were actively praying, almost against what we were doing, and and, and these were cadets who. I knew a few of them had great conversations with, we saw eye to eye a lot, like, um, you know, very, very solid biblically, but they felt that, you know, anything that came out of Hillsong or anything that, um, you know, didn't particularly preach their style of Jesus, um, you know, was, was wrong, was the wrong pursuit. And they even were to the point of where they would disassociate themselves from the uh, body of believers there. And they would, they would meet in uh, rooms uh, in their barracks or even in like little house churches because they just wanted to mm -hmm. sort of separate themselves. And, uh, you know, I found it very bothersome because to me, that's very divisive. Um, it was funny because I, I agree with, um, you know, a, a lot of the things that they would agree with in those maybe third, fourth, fifth buckets. 
Um, but I didn't agree with the fact that they were putting those over the primary bucket, which is the gospel. That's what's important. Mm -hmm. And I think you see a lot of times Mm -hmm. with, with, uh, you know, being, being here in Tennessee, especially around Nashville, there's several churches that practice, you know, that, that have, that are, you know, part of fundamentalist organizations that use their church and their platform to spread hate or their own political ideologies instead of the gospel. And I think that's definitely a, a part where we need to come, you know, at a hard line stance and be like, that is wrong. Like that, that's something that we can, you know, point at and be like, this is not a minute difference. This is, you know, you are putting yourself over the gospel and kingdom work. And that, that is wrong. And, you know, I, I definitely think that's something where, as you know, when we talk about denominational differences, there, there are some hard lines we need to, to take. Some of those loud, obnoxious, obnoxious yeah. hateful believers. I just want to. I wish you could just shut your big yapper. <laughs> That's what I'm going to yep. do. <laughs> well, we haven't talked about non-denominational yeah. um, churches. You mean yeah. lying Baptists? <laughs> Are they just non-committal? What's up? Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Is that just a denomination itself? Uh, well, so out here, um, there are just so few Southern Baptist churches in the Northwest. Like our state convention is the Northwest Baptist convention. So it's Oregon, Washington, and the panhandle of Idaho is our state convention. And from time to time, uh, other, especially non-denoms will hear about the benefits of partnering together for missions. Like we're not a large church, but we can send people overseas for international missions because we all love the same Jesus and share in missions giving. And we could send someone from our church to a training center and have them shipped overseas with full benefits. It's amazing. So other churches will hear about that kind of partnership and say, Oh, we want in. Um, and most of them are non-denominational who want to join with the, the Northwest Baptist convention. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but they're just lying Baptists. Oh, what's what? What are their doctrinal distinctives? Oh, we baptize believers. Oh, that's novel. I've never heard of that their, before. Their pastor wears Jordans on stage. Okay. That's the distinctive. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> yes. Nike headquarters is twenty miles that way. Okay, like this is sneaker culture out here. That even though they're all soggy, it's the North wet. <laughs> but come on, stop trying hard. You're a white dude. You drive a minivan. You don't wear Jordans when you preach. Stop. I have a couple pairs of Jordans I work out in and play basketball in, but no, I wear like Vans. I actually wear Birkenstocks uh, a lot, especially the clogged Boston type. Nice. I wear Jordans. <laughs> I wear those more than anything else. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. <laughs> yeah. You can get away with that as a worship leader, right? Yeah. Same with the tattoos. Yeah. Tattoo, hat. Yep. Yeah, all that stuff. You can, you can unbutton your shirt a little bit, show some chest hair. Oh yeah, plenty of that. Can't shit. do that as a pat. You gotta have that that you know like nice clean cut look oh, as a pastor, right? Uh, yeah, because we don't want anything to distract from Jesus Duke. Chest hair. <laughs> all right, guys. Hey, uh, great conversation today. I think uh, we have 
clearly exhausted our uh, invitation to all those who made it this far. Yeah. So we're going to tell you guys farewell and adieu. We love you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh will be back. We promise it just won't be us three. You'll get Jay Philly and um, his uh, great contribution to this podcast on the next Dude Facts. But um, we want you guys to stay tuned this week for some special things. Comment, interact, and uh, tell your friends about Dude Facts. And if you do get a Dude Facts shirt, wear it and post it on social media because we want to see all the dude facts love out there all right guys it was real we will see you next time bag of wolves yep